Welcome to the A to Z of Doctor Who. In a special live episode coming from West London's sunny Brentford, uh, I'm Ian Martin and I'll be doing exactly the same collection of tired old jokes about Doctor Who, which I do every time, in front of this large ticket-buying crowd of cosplaying fans. All of them are wearing the West Wing weekly lapel pins, which makes me wonder if I'm actually in the wrong hall. Okay? Okay? What's, What's next? next? Zob's Knob! So there's been a sort of update on my garage band and now I don't have that button that you used to use to fade the sounds up and down. So I apologise for that rather horrible jump cut there. Welcome to the A to Z of Doctor Who and this week we're going for a P, please, Bob. P is for Padma Sambhava. To date, the only character from Doctor Who to be named after a coconutty chicken curry with lemongrass, aubergine and dal, best served with pilau rice and some delicious warm roti. P is for Pandorica. Fandom is still largely not content with the explanation of how the Doctor escaped from the Pandorica in order to go back in time and get Rory to rescue him from the Pandorica. But the solution is very simple if you think about it. I called the showrunner Stephen Moffat to explain once and for all how the Doctor did it. But he told me to piss off. P is for Paradise Towers. From the diaries of John Nathan Turner, aged 409. After time and the Rani finished filming, I took myself down to Sussex to drink heavily and try to forget. It was hard to focus on work during this time, as my friend Gary, who I lived with, was planning a dance tour of the Middle East, and the kitchen was full of people in Lycra, attempting pas de deux, rond de jean, and even some disco dance moves accompanied by the latest hip sounds from Bronsky Beat and the Pet Shop Boys. Not only this, but my close friend Colin Baker had by now moved on from posting excrement through my door and was now living as a hobo in our front garden, still protesting that we'd ruined his life. It reached a level where I couldn't concentrate on my favourite television programmes like Bergerac and Howard's Way, so I stormed off back to Acton to oversee the start of production on our new serial, Paradise Towers, named after a Bangkok massage parlour I'd visited often. It was not expensive there, per se, but believe me when I tell you I used to spend very heavily. I met my new script editor, Andrew Cartmel, but couldn't quite work out where his sort of Canadian accent was from. Save us from bizarre accents, I said to a passing dwarf. Where are you from? I asked him. Gallifrey, in the constellation of Casterberus, he replied with a twinkle. I'm the new Doctor Who, remember? 
Jesus wept. He looked like Ronnie Corbett dressed as a tramp. I blinked, swigged some gin, and carried on to the rehearsal room, where I met a stellar line-up of Britain's premier acting talent, waiting to enter the next room to start work on Albion Market. Paradise Towers boasted some names sure to pull in the viewers. Clive Merrison, Richard Bryars, a stalwart of too many BBC sitcoms to mention, and some old ladies from back in the day who no doubt had their fans too. We managed to hire the largest collection of female goths ever assembled in a television studio to portray the Kangs. And the robotic cleaner machines were simply brilliant if, like me, you viewed them through gin-tinted binoculars. For three episodes, Richard Breyer's uptight, hidebound chief caretaker was simply a delight to watch, and he and I shared a delicious Padmasambhava and rice, washed down with a few bottles of Smirnoff to celebrate his wonderful turn. Sadly, the following day, which was the last day of filming, Richard was so hungover that he lurched and slurred around the studio, reciting his lines for all the world like a zombie trying not to shit himself. Perfect, I declared, glad that our show was at long last offering the public something new. P is for Patrexes. Without doubt, the shortest straw you can possibly draw when the Time Lord's sorting hat chooses your schoolhouse. All the noteworthy Time Lords were Prydonians, like the Doctor, the Master and the Rani. And all the red-shirt, irrelevant old duffers who'd never amount to anything were sorted into House Patrex, named after the ancient Time Lord Patrex Troughton, who everyone claimed to have been inspired by ever since. P is for... Paul McGann. With a TV debut story in May 1996 and his final regeneration story airing on the red button in 2013, Paul McGann's television tenure as the Doctor is the longest on record. With his beautiful voice and that lustrous wig, the Eighth Doctor saved the world from being destroyed in San Francisco. Helped only by a gang member, and a foxy redhead opera-loving surgeon based in no way upon Agent Scully from the X-Files. His traits included making up false continuity about being half-human to annoy Ian Levine, and in a delicious irony, he went around giving ordinary people spoilers about their own lives to pay them back for ruining the end of the parting of the ways. He held back death. He kissed the girl, and his shoes fitted perfectly. After his debut, he existed only in two equally non-canon dimensions, the BBC Eighth Doctor novels, which were different from the Virgin New Adventures by forging their path in a new, less good direction, which saw the Doctor lose his memories, his TARDIS, and eventually most of his readers. And of course, the Big Finish audios, which were often, and it pains me to say this, quite good, at least up until Zagreus. Eventually, most people stopped listening because it was suddenly 2005 and the proper show was coming back. McGann became a past Doctor, but remains a fan favourite, and his brief return in The Night of the Doctor was, for me at least, the best thing about the 50th anniversary. He was the Doctor, but probably not the one you were expecting.
And now some podcast-friendly adverts. Harry's Razors are some razors you can buy from the internet if you're looking to set up a regular delivery of some razors to your door. The guys who own the company bought a factory in Germany and there are five blades on each hand-tooled razor head, making them pretty bloody lethal in the wrong hands. Hiccup while shaving with one of these bad boys and you'll turn your bathroom into a sanguinarium. If you're too lazy to chew actual food, try Huel. It's a contraction of human fuel, you see, Huel. It's a sort of protein powder shake thing. It's vegan and it's sustainable. It gives you 100% of your RDA. And the chocolate flavour system, while sounding vaguely sinister, is really nice. Be warned though, Huel goes everywhere, so you'll need to buy a decent mop. Lastly, if you like Doctor Who, you might like my Winter Hill novels, which are available as ebooks from Amazon. You can read them on your Kindle, or if you put the Kindle app onto literally any device. Alright, not a garlic press. You can read them on anything. So what's stopping you? Come on, this is my life's work. They've had lots of five-star reviews, and even the famous young adult author Lauren Oliver said some pretty bloody nice things about them. P is for Perpagillium. 1984's season-ending cackfest The Twin Dilemma is famous for many atrocious things, chief amongst them being the scene where the newly regenerated Doctor, portrayed by 13th-placed Colin Baker, actually physically attacks his companion Perry. You don't even know what a Peary is, do you, Perry? That's not my real name. A Peary is thoroughly evil, and that's what you are. Thoroughly evil. It's a contraction of my full name, Perpagillium. WTF? Perpagillium. Perpagillium Brown. That's not even a name. Is too. There have been many famous Perpagilliums. Name one! Well, uh... Perpagillium? 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 My parents chose it. I'm strangling the wrong person. P is for Pescatons. Put that garish LP back on the shelf. But Mummy. No one wants to hear a full cast audio drama based on Doctor Who. It's not canon. It's a waste of time and it'll never catch on. But Mummy. No, Nicholas. Put it down. P is for The Pit. Well, technically it's for Pit, comma, The. It would be lazy and inaccurate to casually dismiss Neil Penswick's virgin new adventure novel The Pit as the worst Doctor Who novel of all time. It isn't. However, it has achieved the reputation for being categorically the worst ever and regularly comes bottom in all the polls, which has ultimately led to... Oh, no, hang on, that's, that's the uh, entry for Colin Baker. P is for Portrieve. The Master's most fiendish disguise yet saw him disguise himself as an elderly, white-haired Anthony Ainley. 
We're not posing as the benevolent, wise old puffin ruling over the made-up world of Castrovalva. The master tortured the heavily made-up and seriously hungover Adric Waterhouse, who was powering the whole illusion using block transfer computation, the Christopher Hamilton Bidmead euphemism for everything being held together with gaffer tape and string. Castrovalva saw, possibly, the Master's heaviest defeat so far, being outwitted by a newly regenerated Doctor so out of it that he'd spent most of parts two and three hiding in a fridge carried by Nyssa and Tegan because the actor Peter Davison was starting to have serious doubts about whether or not he'd done the right thing replacing Tom Baker as TV's top Time Lord. (laughs) 